0: super talk mississippi media production
1: toyota brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in southwest mississippi four years in a row come see the difference exit 40 brookhaven or online at toyota great service great savings at toyota brookhaven we deliver
2: howdy howdy it's rhino here and i wanted to say thank you for listening to middays with gerard gibbert here
3: on super talk mississippi
4: This show was previously recorded. Welcome to the show that challenges you to think deeply deeply.
0: and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
5: Good day, Super Talk Mississippi in the Element Well studios on this hump day. Joining us now in the studios, Aaron Rice. He is the director of the Mississippi Justice Institute, former Lance Corporal of the United States Marine Corps. Aaron, always good to see you. Yeah, George, thanks for having me. So, we got, I uh, want to have you on because we got Memorial Day coming up as it always does, uh, either the last or next to last uh, Monday of May. I'm not sure exactly yeah, what day it is. Yeah,
6: it's May 30th this year. Yeah, yeah. May
5: 30th is coming Monday. So,. For the benefit of our audience, please explain the difference between the distinction between Veterans Day and Memorial Day. Yeah,
6: no, great, great. I'm glad you asked. Uh, So yeah, Veterans Day obviously is for any veteran who served, um, and and so that's you know your veterans who are alive today that are walking around, and you tell them, you know, thank you for your service. Uh, Memorial Day is meant to honor and remember those veterans who did not make it home, so made the ultimate sacrifice and died overseas, you know, in protection and service to our country. Now, I'll say... I mean, some people seem to, you know, get kind of. You see memes on Facebook or wherever that say, "Oh, don't don't thank people for their service. It's terrible." I don't, I don't know any veterans that get upset if somebody thinks if somebody thanks me for my service on Memorial Day, which happens all the time. I'm sure. not upset by it, and, sure. and I'm not going around scolding people by it. But I do think it's great to to you know kind of help people understand uh, the difference in those days.
5: Yeah, because sometimes they they do get interchanged or, or yeah. conflated. But uh, yeah, we we really. I don't know any veterans that ever get upset if no. you if you thank them for their service because it just happens to be at or around Memorial Day, yes. which is for the purpose of recognizing it those, is. as you said, who paid the ultimate sacrifice. It is, and
6: people have good intentions by it, and I don't take any offense to it. I mean, another related issue is that you'll see, you know, a lot of things on Facebook that say like, you know, in case you thought it was National Barbecue Day, and we'll show somebody, you know, weeping at a graveside and all that. And look, don't get me wrong. I mean, Memorial Day. I mean I I personally it is very important to me and I have been with the families of my friends who lost their lives overseas and I've been with their wives and their children and their parents and I've seen you know the gaping hole that they left behind and just how important that day is and so it is very important to me and I I do take a moment on the day to think about those friends of mine and everybody who who paid the ultimate sacrifice but nevertheless again going back to what I was saying usually when I see people sharing that I mean it's honestly usually civilians who who are not veterans who are right. saying that. I think your average veteran, and again, there may be some veteran. I can't speak for all. There may be some veterans who get upset by kind of the commercialization of Memorial Day. You know, oh here's a sale or Happy Memorial Day yeah. and barbecuing and all that. But I would just venture to say uh, again that that I think most veterans, you know, don't expect people to sit around and and mourn all day and and cry all day or anything. I mean, I, I do think it's great. To have that day, to you know, and, and I think veterans, for the most part, are going to be the ones that that are doing a lot of the remembering because we knew the guys that didn't make it back. That's but, right. But for all of us to just have the day, maybe take a moment to, to pause and think about it, and then also, yes, enjoy the day. That's great. That started in eighteen sixty eight. Yeah, originally um, termed as Decoration yep, Day. Yeah, decorating the graves of this, and that that goes exactly to my point was that the original intent was for veterans to go to the cemeteries and right. decorate the graves, and that's why it was put in may is because flowers would be in bloom and so you could decorate the graves but again that illustrates my point i think it was you know it's gonna just like veterans fought the wars and especially today you know we kind of have a separation between civilians who don't bear the brunt of that i mean we've got less than one percent you know will be involved in these these foreign wars today i mean i think veterans are used to that concept that we're going to be the ones that are probably doing most of the you know honoring or or decorating graves or visiting the graves or, or there are family members and all that but i do think it's good to have the day for the broader population and i think look in my in my experience mississippians very much want to honor the day and and think about it and yeah. like i said anything that goes that might be a little bit incorrect if you want to say that is usually from a place of goodwill it's yeah. like you said someone saying happy veteran i mean happy memorial day and you know or uh... Thank you for your service. Yeah. You know, And those are all fine. That's perfectly fine.
5: Yeah, that's been my experience as well. So we should point out that it became an official holiday 100 years after the first one was celebrated yeah. in 1968.
6: That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. That is interesting.
5: It became an official holiday at uh, that time, and it's one of the few days that the flags are ordered at half-staff. Yeah. On yep. Memorial Day. Yep. So you served in the United States uh, Marine Corps. Yep, uh, achieved the the rank of Lance
6: Corporal. And uh, where were you over there? Uh, well, I went to Haditha, Iraq, and this was in 2005, uh, which it was just a you know that's in Al Province of Iraq. And if people can remember back to 2005, they probably remember that Al Anbar was just the Wild West of Iraq, yep. not yep. a good place to be, especially in that time frame. And so it wound up being a nobody foresaw this but it wound up being the case that our battalion was the hardest hit marine battalion in the in the entire iraq war i mean it was just uh, very heavy losses i was one of the first casualties actually i was the first casualty in our battalion i didn't know about yeah, that. yeah yeah and so um but also you know lost a lot of friends after i was injured and so um you know it's it was just You know, it was very hard on our our entire battalion, the family members of our battalion, uh, me personally, you know, losing those friends. And so, you know, very tough thing. But again, that's why it's so important to me. And and I know it is to you and to a lot of people in Mississippi to take the day to, you know, the moment to remember that and think about that and honor that.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So. You lost part of your leg. Yeah, that's right. There.
6: That's right. I did. So, um, yeah, that's what I was alluding to. And I said I was the first casualty. So I, I kind of forget sometimes that uh, that people may not know. But yeah, I was I was in Iraq and and driving a Humvee and and hit an anti tank landmine and so that uh, destroyed my Humvee and I lost my left leg uh, below the knee. Thankfully, nobody else in my Humvee was injured, which is one of the things that I'm, you know, was very grateful for. Um, But, you know, nevertheless, I mean, despite that, I mean, I I recovered very uh, well, was, you know, came back to Walter Reed Army Medical Center uh, and Bethesda National Naval Medical Center. Got excellent care, prosthetic rehabilitation, did fine, ran a 10-mile race two months after I got a prosthetic leg. And, you know, so for me, I mean, serving with the guys that I got Mm -hmm. to serve with was just the absolute honor of my life and you know losing a leg is not is not something that that takes it
7: from the seabrookpaint.com weather center i'm bob sullender for all your paint and coating needs go to seabrookpaint.com for your memorial day sunny skies high near 91 tonight mostly clear low around 68 your tuesday mostly sunny high near 92 tuesday evening mostly clear low around 69 your wednesday mostly sunny high near 94 and for your thursday a slight chance of rain mostly sunny high near 92 this weather brought you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
8: serving you since 1993.
1: I'm Michael Guest. To get America back on the right track, we must return to conservative policies and principles. That means protecting our constitutional rights, liberties, and freedom, getting government out of the way so our economy can grow, to stop inflation and bring down prices. I'm honored to serve as your Congressman, and I'm asking for your vote on June the 7th. With your support, we will put America first, now and for our children's future. I'm Michael Guest, and I approve this message. Paid for by friends of Michael Guest. Protect your home and office with Havard Pest Control, a family-owned and operated business for 75 years. Havard provides termite and pest services with free quotes, low monthly payments, free recalls, and unmatched customer service. For more information,
7: visit HavardPest.com. Hi, this is Mark Shapley of M.M. Shapley Steakhouse. Yellow
2: special invitation to join us weekday morning, six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson ninety seven
4: point three. This show was previously recorded.
0: Now back to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
5: Welcome back, everyone. We are in the Element Well Studios, middays. John in Hardiman, Tennessee. Aaron wants to say, thank you, sir, for being a great American and a Marine. So, thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate that, uh, John. So, and that kind of leads me to a question, Aaron. Um, Since 9-11, which, looking back, I, I can't remember another time in my lifetime. Even where the country really did seem to rally around a common cause. Absolutely. As we did after 9 yep. 11. Patriotism was off the chart, and it seems like we were able to at least put our political differences on the shelf for a while. Absolutely. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case today, but my question to you as, as a veteran is Has the attitude towards veterans changed? Uh, over the the decades here, yeah. since you've served
6: up to now. Uh, has that changed him? Uh, well, I mean, I think it it absolutely changed from Vietnam to my era. You no know, doubt. obviously, Vietnam vets came home and got spit on and yeah. all kind of terrible things. And yeah. I just want to say, if you're a Vietnam veteran out there, thank you yes. for your service. I absolutely. mean, you guys, I came home to parades and tons of gratitude from across the political spectrum. And honestly, I felt like unwarranted gratitude most of the time because I felt like I really had not done that, you know, that much. And then had just, you know, kind of gone to gone to serve and do what I signed up sure. to do, and sure. happened to get hurt and was really okay other than that. Uh, but just uh, absolutely incredible, overwhelming gratitude everywhere I turned. And Vietnam veterans didn't have that at all. I mean, it was just despicable. And so again, if you're a Vietnam veteran, thank you for your service. You should have been told that a lot more when you came back. Um, but absolutely it changed from Vietnam to then. Um, you know, I'd say my entire experience as a veteran has always been overwhelming gratitude. Of course, yeah. back in 05, when the wars were at their height, I'd say, you know, maybe more. I mean, you know, a little bit more, but I'd say that's just more because that was it was in the news yeah. and we we're still experiencing the the effects every day. We had flag draped coffins coming home every day and all of that. But I've always been you said at nine eleven, um I think, you know, obviously a lot changed. I mean, we came together, we rallied around the flag. And that has gone away, you're right, but one thing that did not go away is for me that entire intervening twenty years people i don't care if they're where they on are on the political spectrum, you know left, right, center, independent what they are um people have always been uh you know very respectful to me and to other veterans, and you know thank thank us for our service again, maybe I feel like too much sometimes but but uh for me at least and you know but whether they agreed with the war or not. Again, I- Iraq was a very controversial war. Yeah. I mean, um, even a- Afghanistan became a very controversial war over time. And so I think I've told you this before. I mean, when, it was amazing because when we were in Iraq, we didn't care about the politics of it one bit. The military, the guys that I served with, did not care about the politics. And it was being thought about and discussed mm-hmm. at home every single day. But we were just there doing our job and did not care about that. But even when we would come back, and talk to people who had been involved in those fights and and the politics of it and had strong feelings about it. And a lot of the people I spoke with were probably opposed to the war in Iraq. Yeah. Everybody set that aside when they talked to me and they could distinguish between, you know, perhaps opposing the war in Iraq and speaking with me, a veteran who served in that war and having you know, respecting what I did and, and the sacrifice that I made and other people that I knew had made.
5: Yeah. It uh I, I guess it's just kind of been an ebb and flow mm-hmm. in, in our history and and certainly, uh, World War Two, World War One, World War Two, Korean War, yeah, uh, different time periods. But it was really Vietnam because it was uh, kind of a politician's war to yeah. a great extent, and there was no clear objective. Yeah, and we really didn't come out with a a win. You Absolutely. couldn't, really, couldn't yeah. really put a mark on it and say, yeah, we won that one, and something changed. In fact, just the opposite happened. Yeah. We we left in a vacuum form, kind of like what happened in Afghanistan.
6: Yeah. And uh, North Vietnam and and, uh, the communists took over and yeah, and then South Vietnam and like you're saying, I mean it was also opposed you know very heavily here on uh, in the U S. kind of you know more so than than the Iraq War I was just discussing and so but you know if you had a if you had an unpopular war you could at least maybe console yourself or console uh you know service members could console themselves find consolation in the fact that we won and we changed something we prevented something really bad from happening and just like you said so not only was it unpopular at home but then the objective really wasn't achieved yeah. either and we had A botched withdrawal, like you said, like we had in Afghanistan, which was one of the things as a veteran that was so frustrating to me about Afghanistan is that we had seen this story play out. Exactly. We knew what could happen if we did it that way. And, And, you know, we absolutely should have been able to handle that differently so that we did not have scenes that looked like Saigon coming out of Afghanistan and going into the history books. And kind of putting a black mark on the service of all of our Afghanistan veterans and the U.S. in general and all of that. So that was very frustrating. But, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, for the Vietnam vets, it was just a totally different experience. Man,
5: I, I was actually in uh, – went to visit my brother, who was stationed at um, uh, Beale Air Force Base in, yep. in Marysville, California, and flew through San Francisco for that. And remember seeing uh, all the protesters gathered up at yeah. the airport. We yeah. didn't have all the security like you do today. Yeah. Uh, and the service guys coming off in full uniform yeah.
6: And and the treatment they got, yeah. was despicable. Yeah, let me tell you why you say that. It you literally reminded me of something I'd totally forgotten about. But so when I was at Walter Reed, once I got out of being an inpatient, I stayed at in a hotel in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, and every day would drive onto the base at Walter Reed Army Medical Center for my physical therapy. And I forgot this, but there was actually a group of protesters outside the gate at Walter Reed every single day for the nine months I was there. Every single day. Oh, wow. But my point is, you know, I talked about how people were so grateful, and I told I mean, even having said that, we're talking about this small little band of people who would come out there yeah. every. And I, yeah. to me, I thought, you know, I serve for your right to to yeah, do that kind of exactly stuff, and right. it's totally fine with me yeah. that you're out there.
5: Uh, it was a lot more widespread and pervasive during Vietnam. Yeah. It was just a bad deal. Yeah, all, exactly. All exactly. All right, so uh, give us a brief update. What you
6: got going on at the uh, Justice Institute? I know you got some high profile cases. Yeah, yeah, no. So we, uh, you may have seen recently, we uh, we uh, kind of won a case that we had sued on behalf of a weight loss coach here in Madison. Uh, the government was telling her that even though she had a degree in nutrition and all of this she could not tell people how to lose weight and by the way we're the fattest state in the nation I'm not kidding we we have the number one rate of obesity she's trying to help people with that and the government said nope you've got to be a licensed dietitian again she's not she wasn't trying to treat medical conditions or anything it was literally just here's how you can drop a couple pounds so the government threatened to throw her in jail and fine her a thousand dollars and file a civil suit against her if she didn't stop we filed a lawsuit on behalf of her. her name is Donna Harris she, she works here in Madison, and so we just got the law changed uh, a couple uh, months ago where now anybody in Mississippi and the laws that law has actually just recently gone into effect so anybody in Mississippi who wants to teach people how to lose weight can do that without having a dietitian 's license. Now you just have to make sure you don 't claim to be a licensed dietitian and you don 't try to treat a medical condition as long as you do you know you, you stay in line with that you 're fine so that was the latest one mm. we had. Um, of course, you know that we're still litigating that certificate of need case. Um, as you know, Gerard, the wheels of justice grind very slowly, and so um, we know we've overcome a motion to dismiss on that. We are now in the phase of of getting into what's called discovery, and so we're just kind of doing. That's going to take a you know it's going to probably be a year before that case really gets to the to the end of the track. But we're continuing on with that. And then, of course, you know, um, if anybody is listening, I mean, we're always in search for you know new good cases of course we can't take every case that comes our way but we're always looking so if if, uh... you know you're a citizen in mississippi that You know, you believe that your constitutional rights are being violated by some kind of government action that's maybe keeping you from earning a living or keeping you from uh, speaking freely or exercising your your gun rights or whatever the case may be. Religious liberty. We're always, uh, you know, searching for people who are experiencing that so that we can help them with those problems. And that's one of the things we're doing right now too. Is kind of going around the state, uh, educating people on the work that we're doing, the work we've already done. Uh, the Mystery Justice Institute has been around, you know, for, for around six years now. And so, you know, I think we've got a little bit of a track record now of of being able to help people with these. And it's not just talking the talk, telling people what we want to do, but we can show people a track record of success and being sure. able to come into court and change these government policies uh, pretty much single-handedly, you know. And so so that's one of the things we're doing, too. Before you go, a couple of minutes. Any thoughts about the Dobbs case? Might get a ruling any day. Yeah. No, I, absolutely. I mean, well, the... I think you and I have discussed the the leak itself was just I, I'm still blown away that that happened and it's just it's been quiet. I haven't I, heard it, anything it about ha- It has been quiet and you still don't see really any a lot of outrage about the fact that it happened. Yeah, and I, I think it really hurts the U.S. Supreme Court moving forward. I mean the ability of the justices to be candid with each other and to have the discussions they need to have. But aside from that, I do think you know it, it looks all indications are that that opinion is going to you know, hold sway, I mean, we're going to get a a majority opinion that looks like something close to what we already saw. And so uh, I'm glad about that. I think that Roe v. Wade was absolutely, you know, not um, correct law from day one. And, you know, everybody who wants to lose their mind about that, I mean, we've got federalism in America. And you can talk to, you know, uh, the, the people who run your state, About what policy you would like to see in your state. And the policy in California is not going to be the policy in Mississippi, and that's that's okay. That's a good thing.
5: The left says it's the end of democracy. I say I argue no, it's actually a shining sample. This this is an
6: example of democracy. I mean, what do you mean? You know, I mean, and (laughs) you had what you had was the courts really usurped something. So appreciate it, Aaron. Thanks for coming on. Good to see you. Good seeing you you for your service. We'll be right back.
8: This show was previously recorded. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, director of the Mississippi High
10: it can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you. Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today.
11: Frisco Deli serving giant sandwiches, award-winning rib plates, and original recipe catfish with a family-friendly atmosphere. Open 1030 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Briscoe Deli, we have something for everyone. Located just off Pearson Road on Phillips Lane in Pearl. Come see us.
7: Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
9: Give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Bring your truck or trailer. Callaway's offers bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Refilling your propane tank is always a better option, and Callaway's is a propane refilling station. When you refill, you get more propane for less money. Callaway's in that on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of German Town Hall. Callaway's
10: is Callaway's is everything for home and garden. That's what Callaway's is.
4: Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do.
11: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Memorial Day isn't just a holiday. Camp Shelby Commander Colonel Rick Weaver explains why.
12: Memorial Day is our country's most solemn day of remembrance, where we honor the men and women of our military who have made the ultimate sacrifice
7: and service to our nation.
11: Colonel Eric Beatty says we owe a debt to those heroes we can never fully repay.
7: As you go about your day, we encourage you to reflect upon all of those who have laid down their lives in our defense. They are truly some of the most noble, brave, and selfless individuals our country has ever produced.
11: If you're going to be on the water today, Department of Wildlife Officer Mark McCluskey has a few safety tips. If you're going out and you're not going to be back till after dark or after the sun sets, make sure your running lights work. Check them before you leave. And when it comes to fire safety. If your gas tank is enclosed, inboard, you need to make sure you have a fire extinguisher. Make sure that fire extinguisher is charged. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm.
1: Swing in to
2: sponsoring the Sanderson Farm Championship, Mississippi's largest professional sporting event, September 26th through October 2nd. Entertain your clients or prospects, reward your employees. All from a skybox on the 18th green. Got to hurry. These affordable Sanderson Farm Championship packages are available through June 15th. Visit Sponsorsfc.com today to learn more. That's Sponsorsfc.com.
0: Feeling down?
4: This show was previously recorded.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbons. Welcome, welcome to our show. On Super Talk, Mississippi. Okay, now you have a good one.
5: Welcome back, everyone, to Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. We are at Camp Shelby today. We got Memorial Day coming up, long weekend that's coming up this Monday. And joining us now, Sergeant Major Jonathan Luke. He is the Camp Shelby Joint Force Training Center MFGI Planner. Uh, Thanks for coming on. (laughs) And Sergeant Major is laughing because I'm trying to get all those acronyms out. Uh, Thanks for coming on, Sergeant Major. So the first question, and I told you I was going to ask you this before we came on, is please tell us what MFGI stands for and what that means exactly.
13: Okay, so MFGI is the Mobilization Force Generation installation okay <laughs> so uh it's basically camp shelby and there's other facilities uh, across the u.s that that do the same thing uh, i'm part of a team uh, okay so i'm not just the planner i'm a planner of the team i you got
5: know, you so. um, i got you well what exactly are you planning i looked it up i shared that with you it's
13: mobilization and demobilization correct yeah so uh you know all Compos uh one two and three army reserve regular army national guard they come here and they train uh exercise right uh, and then they prepare as if they were mobilizing okay okay could be uh overseas you know oconus or conus uh continental united states uh so and it is it it's a big deal for the army, basically, because you have uh, all those different components—army, reserve, Royal army, and national guard—that yep. come together and focus on a deliberate task or okay. a deliberate mission, whatever their mission is, that they would perform, uh, kind of the United States or outside the, of the United States.
5: Is—is is it? Uh, would it be accurate to sort of equate it to a project manager in in the uh, uh, in the private sector?
13: Well, I mean, I—I uh, I guess so. I guess it would be kind of like a project. Uh, you know, these these units have a mission to, uh, to do a certain thing, whether they're engineer, military, police, infantry, whatever it is. And they come here to Camp Shelby, and they train on that mission uh, yeah. during their annual training period, uh, you know, that they do once a year. Uh, they come here, and, of course, there's a lot of planning that goes uh, along with that before, during, and after. Because uh, as soon as we, while we're doing the exercise, believe it or not, we're planning for the next one. Okay. So. Okay, I got you. That makes sense. So, but Camp Shelby, we should note, it,
5: it is a training center. I Absolutely. mean, that's its purpose, that's its function, that's its yes. role uh, in the military and joint forces training center. Correct. So it's it's, yes. it's across the uh, the
13: regular army, the guard. In right. in all branches, yes, sir. It it, it extends to all branches. Okay, uh, that's what I thought. The Marines of, yeah. come here, the Navy, CBs from the coast. Uh, you know, they all come here to train. So even um, even government agencies. Uh, there's a law enforcement training center here. Okay, uh, for the civilian. Yeah, you know. Um, so it, it's it's a over two hundred thousand acres of training area here. Right, in facilities. Uh, So it's it's a large place, and it has uh, some of the state of the art facilities. You know, um, one of the largest training facilities, uh, national guard training facilities in the U.S. Okay, and it's it's been a training facility since its inception around World War II. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, Uh, this was a large mobilization center during World War II. Uh, they actually uh, had german POWs here yeah at one time yeah Just i I
5: learned that uh, last time we did the yeah. show here all right so tell us about operation pershing
13: strike what's going okay. on there so it's a uh it's a large mobilization exercise um that name pershing is uh it it's named after general john pershing right uh he was the first reservist um hmm. back in World War one that actually was made a general officer. From the of okay. captain, yeah. they promoted him all the way to general, and he was the first expeditionary force commander hmm. in World War One for the Western Front of Europe. So uh, he took a a force that did not exist. Okay, created the expeditionary force and took it overseas. So in, in the U.S. at the time, there was a lot of uh, conflicts, and um, you know, the, you know. Different little things with the Native Americans and the Indians, and yeah. and, and different little sure. conflicts in Cuba and whatever. And he took an expeditionary force to Europe, the first expeditionary okay. force. and he was a reservist, so that's that name fits perfect with what we're trying to do here. I got you,
5: and that's coming up, coming up this summer. Yes, mm-hmm. and so will that involve a National Guard? Uh, troops from Mississippi or from across uh, all, the country.
13: All across, we have soldiers coming from Montana, Pennsylvania, uh, Alabama, Florida. They're coming from all over, and it's not just the the element that's actually training; it's all the support mechanisms to go along with that. I see. Okay, all the all the we call another acronym, MSF. You know, <laughs> Mobilization Support Force. Okay. So all these guys coming together, all the different compos, Coming together to uh, to focus on one deliberate task, and that is to get these units trained and get them as if they were you know deploying or mobilizing.
5: Are there some unique assets,
13: capabilities, resources that Camp Shelby has? Absolutely. For this particular training. Yes. So, depending on what type of unit it is, they come in and uh, if they're engineers, they go and they do their engineer thing out in the training areas. They dig. They uh, you know. Uh, d- <laughs> Demolition. If they're combat arms, they come here and they do with their Bradley's and their tanks. They go out to the range facility and they and they conduct their training. So yes, that's that's one of the reasons why Camp Shelby does what it does is because it has these facilities available. Okay. Um, when the troops
5: come here from uh, other states, mm-hmm. what's their reaction? Uh, many of them, I gotta believe, it's first time they've ever been to Mississippi.
13: Uh, right. So you know, the first thing we tell them when they get here is that hey, prepare. You know, drink water because it's going to be hot. Yeah. And when you think it's going to be hot, it's going to be even hotter. So. <laughs> uh that's one of the things we tell them you know watch out for the wildlife and, and there are units that come from up north that that are not used to the humidity yeah so it, it it's a leadership thing the uh the ncos uh they they ensure that their troops are, are taken care of so they can you know do the mission for them i got you yeah. uh i hope they they leave with a favorable impression oh, of absolutely. our state i mean uh you know good food good training and uh and and, and excellent weather yeah you know? and i and it would appear it seems I should say that
5: uh maybe make lifelong friends when you meet people oh, absolutely. and work, work together yeah, with absolutely
13: them. yeah so so I mean you know we're we're one big huge family, you know yeah, the, sure the, and we're all one team you know yeah. so so we focus on that to to get them here and and, and they train hard and uh you know and and accomplish the task they, they they set out to do when they come here. We're talking to Sergeant Major Jonathan Luke. Um, what's
5: the morale like in in the military from your perspective right now
13: so um you know we have these planning conferences before this exercise and uh you you know the the folks i talk to from all compos that come here uh they're they're excited they can't wait to come back you know and and they're here you know and we just had one in the spring the weather was like perfect yeah the nice 75 degrees and I, I just let them know, say, hey, you know, I, I know you enjoy coming here, and, and the weather's great. It's just yeah. a little bit hotter, you know, when you get back <laughs> here in the summertime. But uh, no, the morale's great. Uh, it's just it, it's keeping a soldier focused and engaged is, is what you want to do. You you don't want to you don't want to waste their time. Yeah. You know? When they get here on the ground, they uh, they have a reception. Okay. that's it, it, another acronym. I don't throw it out there, but okay. it's RSOI. And, okay. And uh, so they they they're received. Okay. And they're staged. And they're integrated, you know, and, and and so on, and and they get the training, and they go forth and do great things. So that's why you have to keep them engaged to keep the morale. Up. I got you. What about you, sir? How long you been serving? Uh, I've been in twenty nine years. Got wow. In 9 to seventeen. Wow. Yeah. Do you come from a military background family? Uh, I do. Uh, all the men in my family on both sides, my mom and dad's family, they all served uh, in some shape or form or capacity. Uh, I had, you know, my grandfather and two uncles in <coughs> War too. Um, I actually had some in the European Theater and the Pacific Theater. Okay. Um, and you know, some were light infantry in the European Theater. Some were uh, in the Navy. Uh, my uncle, uh, O.M. Luke, he, he was in the Navy in, in the Pacific. And uh, he uh, you know, drove the, the landing boats.
5: And in, in, uh, the LCI's? Uh, yes. Those, yeah.
13: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. In uh, World War II?
5: Yes. Mm-hmm. I had an uncle that did the same. Um, and... Uh, you know i'm not sure about um your relative there but when he came back it uh he still lived the terror of dropping off troops and yeah. watching them get
13: slaughtered off and right there on the beaches going back and getting more and knowing it was the same things going to happen again yeah. yeah well my uncle I, I i was a young kid you know he was uh, you know he was uh 12 years older than my father yeah so you know he was kind of like a grandfather to me because my grandfather died I, I wasn't even born yet you know and got gotcha. you um, so uh, he I, he never really talked about it the only stories I know is anything my dad would tell me and uh, and it was strange he, he never I, I didn't know to ask either yeah know? I was a young exactly. age and, and didn't really know but uh but yeah um had, had a lot of a lot of camp folks serving uh, all through the years yeah, yeah Civil War, War War I World War Two. so uh, he never really talked about it Um my on my mother's side of the family uh, those old guys uh, my, my great-uncles, they never really talked about it either. Yeah, yeah, and you can understand that. Yeah. It's kind of a, they did their duty. Right. They served,
5: and they uh, uh, experienced a lot of stuff that really human beings shouldn't have to experience, and they want to put right. it behind them. Yes, sir. I get it. Absolutely. Sergeant Major, thanks for coming on, and thanks for your service, sir. I oh, appreciate absolutely. it. Anytime. Middays will be right back. We're down at Camp Shelby at the Armed Forces Museum, the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. We'll take a break right here. When we come back, we've got Master Sergeant Nicholas Campos. Stay with us. We'll mm-hmm. be
14: If an insurer tries to steer you somewhere else, tell them you want the shop that's certified by the manufacturer of the car you drive. We're located in Clinton and Richland or online at clintonbodyshop.com.
0: Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude?
15: Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead
1: men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits to learn more about what it takes to be a black label
15: bridge builder please visit keys website at KeyConstructors.com. please also follow at key constructors on twitter instagram and facebook to see regular updates on the black label bridge builders
16: morgan stone is serving builders contractors and homeowners since 1997 they have everything for interior and exterior projects
14: we have all kinds of stuff
16: marcus let me tell him. Stone pavers, stone benches, stone slabs, stone boulders, stone fire pits, flagstone, fieldstone, bluestone, cobblestone, chopstone.
17: That's right, Zeta.
16: I'm Zoe Morgan. We're rock solid since 1997. Statewide delivery, the largest stone yard in Mississippi. Come see us at Morgan Stone in Brandon. Morganstone.com.
18: This is the opening agri market report. The opening of the New York Cotton Exchange: July cotton was down one nineteen to one thirty nine forty two. December cotton was down one thirty eight to one twenty two ninety five. At the Chicago Board of Trade, July soybeans were up five and three quarters to seventeen thirty two and a quarter per bushel. August soybeans were up three and a half to sixteen sixty three per bushel. July corn was up 12 and a quarter to 777 and a quarter per bushel september corn was up 10 and three quarters to 744 and three quarters per bushel at the mercantile august live cattle was down 20 132.40. 132.40. October live cattle was down 12 to 138.05. August feeders down 35 to 166.32. September feeders down 42 to 169.30. And the Dow Jones closed up 575 for Memorial Day holiday at 33,213. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Mississippi Agri-News Network.
19: What does Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation do for Mississippi?
1: Our goal is to create opportunities for Mississippi farmers and ranchers to have a better life and make a better living. We offer education and safety programs, create scholarship opportunities, and provide health resources for our members. Not to mention our agricultural advocacy efforts. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org
2: a little simpler comes the tale of Veltina fungicide swift simple and secure it's a corn growing story without all the drama unless you add totally epic music <laughs> sound effects and a cool announcer guy. Get ready for the blockbuster yields of the summer. The Beltino Fungicide from BASF. Coming soon to appeal by you. this week, follow the directions.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM. Super Talk
4: Mississippi. This show was previously recorded.
0: <laughs> Properly set controls before recording all systems closed. the talk that keeps mississippi talking middays with gerard gibbert on super talk mississippi
5: Today's Super Talk Mississippi, we are at the Armed Forces Museum, the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum in the heart of the Camp Shelby Joint Forces Training Center. And joining us now, Master Sergeant Nick Campo. He is uh, with the N.C. He's the NCOIC, not with the, he is the NCOIC. I'm going to let you explain uh for the benefit of our audience, uh, Master Sergeant, what that means exactly?
3: It's just non commissioned officer in
5: charge. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome uh, to the program. So, uh, how long have you been in the National Guard?
3: 25 years. 25 years? 24 and some change.
5: Okay. 25. Well, that's close enough. Uh, it's been a, an enjoyable experience for you? Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: You can't do anything for 25 years if you don't <laughs> enjoy it. I right? guarantee you, you're right about that, <laughs> especially considering it's voluntary. It is voluntary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally so, voluntary. And actually, um, you know, speaking of ANCYCs and, and whatnot, so I'm the non-commissioned officer in charge of uh, Debt 3, Company B, of uh, the recruiting battalion for the state of Mississippi.
5: Okay. So uh, then are you personally involved in recruiting?
3: Um, yes. Yes. Not as much as I was at one point in time. So I have uh, recruiters that, that I supervise now, and they're the ones that are actually on the ground doing the recruiting. I just make sure that you know they have what they need and the support they need
5: what's the elevator pitch as we say
3: so uh... education really right now education sure you know medical insurance and things of yeah. that nature you know and service to country i mean you can't forget service to country on a day like today absolutely. You know, memorial day weekend you cannot forget service to country absolutely yeah. uh, how's it going good, good it's getting it's getting uh... you know i think i think a lot of people have this idea in their head where uh... you know go to jail go to the military right so it's not like that anymore uh, it's very, very selective now on getting in. I mean you gotta pass the uh the ASVAB, the Armed Forces Service that uh, yeah. battery test. Yep. Yeah. Uh you you gotta be a pass physical backgrounds, medical backgrounds, uh you know, moral backgrounds. So so it's real it's getting harder and harder getting the military.
5: And like everything else in our world, uh Master Sergeant, the military has evolved. It's it's a highly technical uh, armed forces now
3: absolutely everything we do is 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 linked in somehow to some kind of computer system yeah right? so from our the most basic you know our recruiting process sure everything we do runs through you know uh uh medical systems and everything else to pull you medical yeah. records and you you know i mean everything we do is linked into the uh the internet somehow
5: and so uh, a member of the national guard is gonna uh, use, Utilize those tools. Be taught absolutely. how to utilize those yeah. tools. And yeah. those are transferable skills. It's very marketable.
3: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you can go to, uh, let's take uh, Southern Miss, for example. You know, just about any uh, degree-producing class you can take at Southern Miss transfers over to the military somehow. And all of our schools that you can go to in the military, say you sign up and you, you, you go into, you know, cyber or or, or you know, medical field sure. or whatever. Even if you've never gone to college for that, if you go into our medical program when you come out, you know, based on depending on what you did, those those hours you get credit for in the military transfer over to to civilian university. Sure. You know, yeah. It,
5: is it fair to say that employers see that as a plus when they see that on the resume if they have um, well, service I, in the Guard when I, I usually, when
3: I'm, when I'm enlisting somebody, or back when I did enlist people, uh, but my guys now, when, when we're enlisting somebody, I like to use this uh, little example. So if I'm hiring, if I have a gas station and I'm hiring somebody, a mechanic, and I got two guys come in, they both. Uh, both have been mechanics. One went to say J C J C and got his mechanics degree and the other one joined the military at seventeen and you know, went to boot camp, went to AIT, learned all the skills that come with being in the military. And learned how to be a mechanic. They have the same certifications. It's just one only went to school to learn it. The other one's got real-world experience okay. doing it for the last four or five years, however sure. long. Who am I hiring? That's sure. Not a, that's not a hard decision there.
5: Well, that in itself uh, is a tremendous benefit. Yes. Uh, yes. For someone and a, a, a motivator for Absolutely. someone to to sign up. And, ha- and so, how do they sign up to join the National Guard, so, National Guard? Um,
3: real easy. You can Google Mississippi Army National Guard recruiting. You can go on the Mississippi Army National Guard's webpage. Um, uh, there's there's a host of ways to get up, but ultimately it leads you to a recruiter. Okay. Uh, get with your local recruiter and just tell them, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. And from there, you'll start the application process. Uh, we'll take all your your personal information. Uh, we'll pre-qualify you. Make sure that there's no underlying issues that may stop you from gotcha. from getting in, like medical, moral, yeah, things like that. But uh. But once you, uh, once you talk to that recruiter and everything passes at his level, then you'll go to the Military Entrance Processing Station or MEPS up in Jackson or New Orleans or, or one of the others that we have around. Yeah. And do your physical and all that there and swear in.
5: Before we go here, real quick, what do you think about this museum? It's pretty neat. I love it?
3: this museum. This is probably one of the best museums. You know, for for its size and for its location, probably the best museum around. It truly easily, is easily. incredible.
5: Yep. Truly is incredible. Master Sergeant Nick Campo has been our guest here on Middays. We appreciate you joining us, Thank Master you, sir. Sergeant. Thank yes, you very sir. much. We'll be right back uh, after this break. We've got Super Talk News, Fox News coming your way, and then after that break, we got Colonel Rick Weaver, the commander of Camp Shelby. Stay with us.
4: Show was previously recorded. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk,
0: Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. Fox
10: News, I'm Lillian Wu. President Biden promising to continue to push for gun safety legislation in the wake of the mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas, asked about the attack and Second Amendment. Never
20: absolute. We couldn't buy
10: a cannon. Speaking from the South Lawn, he was also asked about Ukraine as the Russian invasion closes in on 100 days. President Zelensky over the weekend was visiting his troops in the
9: hard-hit eastern Donbass area in the, the city of Kharkiv, pleading for
1: more uh, money that he wants as well as to get more weapons,
10: particularly from the U.S. and the West. Griff Jenkins. And an 18-year-old Florida man's been arrested after police got a tip. He threatened a mass shooting at a school in a social media post. He was charged with a written or electronic threat to conduct a mass shooting or act of terrorism. America's listening to Fox News time. Now, more than ever, it's important
9: to keep your vehicle in top shape. Let us keep you road ready at Cannon Nissan of Jackson. Our parts and service departments are open 6 days a week and no appointment is needed. Nobody beats a Cannon
1: deal. Nobody.
16: Open Memorial Day.
1: This Memorial Day broadcast on SuperTalk Mississippi is brought to you by Tico Steakhouse, remembering those who gave it all on this day and every other day. Tico Steakhouse, East County Line Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030.
7: ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry, Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601 4910 or online at ESISupply.net.
16: It's Alyssa Arbuckle and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Two Lincoln County residents are the first to be awarded Mississippi Veterans Honor Medals. Army Air Force Staff Sergeant Cecil Rhodes of Brookhaven and Army Sergeant R E Nettles of Bogachita were presented the medals by former Senator Sally Doty,
11: this was uh, one of the last pieces of legislation that I've authored and kind of shepherded through the legislative process. Uh, I left the Senate in 2020. Dodie told us Rhodes is 101. He didn't really quite know when he got there. He didn't have all the details, but once he got there, he was like, oh my goodness, this is a thank you so much. And he stood up and gave the most wonderful speech. Nettles is 96 does not look 96 and uh, he was there as well he he um he was just uh, a a joy to know he was in the the pacific theater
16: Doty thinks those are the only two living world war ii vets in lincoln county
4: the mississippi farm bureau federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. If you're not sure what that means for you, did you know our membership counts 180,000 families? We are their voice at the state capital and our nation's capital. We are more than agriculture, we are what's best for all Mississippi. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years of faith, family and farm bureau. Become a member today at msfb.org.
13: Okay, Mississippi, I can't leap the Beau Rivage in a single bound but I do feel like a superhero because my parents got informed and we're vaccinated. So together we stay safer and save lives. Vaccines are safe and available for children ages five to 11. If you were fully vaccinated five months ago or longer, the best defense is to get a booster. Be a superhero. The Mississippi way. Get vaccinated or boosted today. Got questions? Connect
16: with a physician of the Mississippi state medical association by visiting the MSway.com. Mississippi is home to the largest training site owned by a state in the entire country. Colonel Rick Weaver is the commander of Camp Shelby.
12: We are one of the only facilities in Mississippi or in this region from a National Guard standpoint that is joint national capability training. Anyone from around this nation that's DOD, and not only DOD, but .gov, has the ability to come here and train.
16: The site has a storied history, currently serving as the yearly training spot for the National Guard and Army Reserve units stationed in Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee.
12: Camp Shelby's set for basically $100 million worth of new construction, and that was specifically set here for the new M.A.T.E.S. facilities, the uh, microgrid, doing underground to protect us so that we're able to make sure that when FEMA, MEMA, and the rest of the services come in, that they're here during the natural disasters to be able to serve the citizens of this great state.
9: Prime Shrimp is a proud sponsor of Tasty Tuesday on Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Go to PrimeShrimp.com to get pre-seasoned, easy to cook shrimp delivered
19: straight to your door.
9: Join Mississippi's handyman, Buddy Slowick, every Saturday from 10 till noon as he broadcasts live from the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Studio. Contact MCEF today. Leading the way in training, credentials, and job placement.
4: Twilight
0: Concerts at Renaissance are back. Ratchet Entertainment presents Twilight Concert Series at Renaissance. Saturday, July 9th, with JJ Gray and Mofro. Big head Todd and the Monsters. Broken Plus Jay and the Causeways. Tickets are on sale now at TwilightMS.com. That's TwilightMS.com. Brought to you in part by Southern Beverage. Renaissance. Ridgeland First. And Watkins Construction. Produced by Ratchet Entertainment Group.
10: Tune in to Good Things with Me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
4: This show was previously recorded. And now. And now. Another hour of the talk that keeps
0: Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Begin your
20: transition
19: now.
0: Now on Super Talk, Mississippi.
5: Welcome back, everyone, to Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. Gerard and Rhino in the Element Wealth Studios. Joining us now, Melvin Gatewood, retired Army combat veteran and co founder of Operation Continue Service. Uh, good morning, Melvin. Thanks for joining us today, and thank you for your service, sir.
17: Good morning, Gerard. Thank you for having me.
5: You bet. So, we wanted to have you on to talk about uh, the Ruck event. Tell us, uh, tell our audience exactly what a Ruck event is. You guys just completed that, right?
17: Yes, we uh, with Operation Continued Service. Our motto is remembering those who have fallen while motivating those that still stand. So the Ruck that we did on Saturday in Starksville, from Starksville, Mississippi to Columbus, was considered a recovery Ruck, and that is more mental health based Okay, so, so
5: I'm sorry. Go ahead, Melvin, please.
17: No, no, I was just going to say, so with the recovery rook, we are, <clears throat> we are wearing the backpack and the backpack symbolizes the mental anguish and the mental issues that veterans deal with both in the military and after the military. I have a vest that I have that it has. MST, PTSD, anger, racism, depression, and anxiety, just to ma- name some of the issues, but also inside the backpack, we have bricks, uh, and we have those hmm. labeled as well, so those are what we carried during that recovery route.
5: I got you. So uh, what's the distance that you walk with those backpacks loaded down like that?
17: On this particular one, we did 20
5: miles. Wow. Wow. Twenty miles like that, good grief! That's uh, that's a lot. But so, and and that's designed to essentially simulate the hardship, and the challenges of uh, of our veterans. Yes, gotcha. So
17: All right. initially, the ruck was to bring awareness of veteran su- suicide and mental health issues, and we also had veterans from within the community. We had assistant. Chief um, of Police over in Starfield, Mr. Henry Stewart, he walked with us. We had another veteran that served with me in Iraq from out of uh, Clarksville. He came up to ruck with us, but the other individuals were members of Operation Continued Service.
5: Gotcha. I understand. How how long have, have these RUC events been going on, Melvin?
17: Well, we did our first Memorial ruck in 2019, to remember uh, Sergeant Travis Cooper in Macon, Mississippi, where we did 22 miles from West Lyons Elementary School to the Oddfellow Cemetery in Macon, Mississippi, where he's buried. Mm. Interesting.
5: Uh, Is this something that occurs across the country as well? Are there other uh, ruck events?
17: No. Well, yeah, it's other ruck events, but as for with Operation Continued Service, we only... Are doing Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee.
5: Gotcha. I understand. All right. So, mental health as it pertains to our veterans, th- this is a serious problem that, that needs attention. Uh, tell us about what's going on there.
17: So, when I'm actually employed by the Department of Veteran Affairs, so the nonprofit is something that I do on the side, I hear from veterans daily when I call to check in on them. I hear them saying that I'm f- looking for outlets. I'm looking for a way to get engaged. So to stop the isolation of veterans just being in, in the home and trying to get them engaged, we want to come into communities and we want to engage with them with the rucks. We're not asking anybody to do 20 miles. The 20 miles is really just to get the attention. Yeah. When we're doing the, uh, the rucks inside, the communities like I do a Rook every month here in Middle Tennessee and Mount Juliet, and it might be five to three miles so getting veterans out or family members of veterans out to come on the rucks and while we're rucking we're talking hey what's going on tell me uh about how how things been going with you and then you have an individual open up and they will start sharing we are not licensed clinical professionals but we are we know licensed clinical professionals that we could refer the individuals to we could uh refer them to the uh, wounded warrior project the department of veteran affairs the simplify america's fund Or, like what we did Saturday, at the end of our rook, we had a big resource fair where we had the Tuscaloosa VA Medical Center come come over. We had the Wounded Warrior Project. They had a table. The Simplify America's Fund, they had a table. But it's also important to get those local uh, providers to come in as well, where we had community counseling. And then we had some private counseling agencies. Harris Counseling Services, she came in. And then we had another individual with uh, i think it was safe talk whether uh, veterans or anyone that's dealing with mental health issues they can call in and they can talk to a a professional about those issues
5: how big an issue is this melvin this this mental health situation within the uh, community of veterans
17: it's very serious Uh, at one point in time we heard 22 a day i think that We, um, the last time that I got the data on it, I think it was uh, a little under, around 17, but one is too many. Sure. Wow. I've known uh, of individuals, even in the area where we were rucking, that we have had um, veteran suicides there. I've had personal people who I've served with who I know we have lost, uh, lost to suicide. So we just want veterans to know that we are here for them and if we are out we're doing the rooks. and also one of the other things that we do with our organization is do veterans coffee social we had the opportunity to go over to the center for american veterans there on friday uh, at mississippi state and host uh, our second veteran coffee social there where we have veterans come in get coffee chat with other veterans and also we have resource table where they can pick up resources um as well
5: yeah uh, wow. So you guys are trying to, I guess, get the word out and make it known that these, these veterans that are, are suffering from a depression or other just uh, mental health issues, that there are resources available to work with them, to counsel them, and, and, uh, and, and get them in the right place so they don't take their own lives.
17: Yes, most definitely, especially with our underserved uh, areas and our areas that have limited access. So we are very passionate about those small towns. Yeah,
5: Melvin, what what typically is the is the cause or the reason why a veteran would get to that point, such that they would uh, even consider taking their own life? What what is uh, what is it unique about? Is it something they encountered while in combat? in particular, where they witness firsthand these atrocities? I know you, you, ter- you too, sir, are a combat veteran.
17: Yeah, I'm a combat veteran, and, and I'm a Purple Heart recipient. Every right. case um, differs. Um, it can be something that happened overseas that they just haven't gotten over and they haven't processed it, or it could just be your daily interactions as for financial issues. Yeah. It can be um, the anxiety of... Um, having um, to be a father, having to be a husband, and you're not making ends meet. Um, I think that the big picture of what they experience in Iraq or in combat, that does play a, a major part on it as well, especially with having survival remorse.
5: Okay, survival remorse. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But, of course, that mm-hmm. i, I got to believe that's just hard to, uh, to reconcile and come to grips with. If you've had any situation like that, are, are you aware of any individuals that got very close to that point but were able to get uh, proper clinical treatment and, and help to avoid? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you, yes. know, you know the treatment I- works and it, it's just a matter of getting them connected to it.
17: Yes, I know that the treatment worked, and uh, and the thing is about about this uh, ruck march that we did. Someone asked me. They said, "Well, Melvin, how would you gauge the uh, the success of your ruck?" I said, "I I felt that it was successful before we even stepped off because I had a veteran that came to me." A couple of days before we um, actually did the rug and said, I heard about what you all was doing. I had to go leave my unit and I had to go down to Jackson to seek help during a drill weekend. And I know what the facility did for me. I know what the program did for me. So that said a lot um, for me. Uh, to hear and it says a lot for our Department of Veteran Affairs, even the one there in Jackson, Mississippi, GV, Sonny, Montgomery, VA, where I was actually employed with at one point in time as well. So we're doing excellent thing to help veterans. We just need to let them know that we are here. So I feel that with our organization going there to meet veterans where they are, especially in those small towns, that's very important. And there's a lot of stigma related to mental health. So I want people to know, That you're not crazy, there's nothing wrong with you, and it's okay to seek help.
5: Yeah, excellent guidance and wisdom there. Melvin, thanks so much for joining us here on Middays. Uh, Fascinating learning about this. And and, uh, most importantly, uh, once again, sir, thank you for your service and your sacrifice uh, to our nation on behalf of the entire nation. Thank you. Appreciate it, Melvin. Thank you. We'll step aside for a break right here on middays. We got uh, three segments left in this hour, and then we've got Ricky Matthews coming up with Super Talk Outdoors. Stay with us.
1: This show was previously recorded. For all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services. Glass Networks, they're gonna try and steer you to use their own glass shop. Well, you can tell your insurance you want to use Venable Glass, and there'll be no additional cost to them to get the highest quality glass. Venable Glass is locally owned and operated, and they do windshield replacement and rock repair right there in their shops, or they'll even come to you in the Tri-County area for free. That's right, free mobile service. At Venable Glass, they also do frameless and frame shower doors, mirrors cut to size, and installed. 505-4443.
4: This is Michael Cassidy, Republican candidate for Congress here in Mississippi's 3rd District. While inflation and illegal immigration are hurting Mississippi families, Congressman Guest has different priorities. He joined Biden and Pelosi and voted to send $53 billion of your tax dollars to Ukraine. Ukraine is not in our national interest, but fighting inflation and illegal immigration are. And when elected, they will be my priorities. I'm Michael Cassidy, America First Republican for Congress, and I brief this message.
10: Paid for by Michael Cassidy for Congress.
0: diamond importer from anywhere in mississippi we're at 1485 highland colony parkway just south of 463 in madison and
2: junikerjewelry.com
9: this hour of middays with gerard gibbert is sponsored by innovative health clinic in Ridgeland for personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence erectile dysfunction and neuropathy they help you get your life back
11: Briscoe Deli serving giant sandwiches, award winning rib plates, and original recipe catfish with a family friendly atmosphere. Open 10 30 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Briscoe Deli, we have something for everyone. Located just off Pearson Road on Phillips Lane in Pearl. Come see us.
2: Hey, it's Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3.
4: This show was previously recorded.
0: Check it out. Let's do it. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
14: Let's get on with
0: it. On Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
5: Summer. That of course connected to the story we shared in the first segment. The report from JP Morgan forecasting that gas prices will rise by 37%. And they entitled the report, Cruel Summer. And so we had to, we had to accommodate. Good morning, Mr. Lars Larson, host of the Lars Larson Show. Good to see you. How are you, Lars?
15: Good to see you as well, Gerard. I got to tell you, I heard your discussion about that. Every time I've been to the Gulf states, the gas prices are just amazingly low compared to where I live in the Pacific Northwest. And now you're telling me you may hit six bucks a gallon in Mississippi?
5: Yeah, well, uh, what we shared, Lars, I'm sure you know, is that uh, the reports are that the first time in our history the average is above $4 in all 50 states. Yep. So on the way into uh, the studio here this morning, Every sign I saw was north of four bucks, usually four nine, four nineteen, and that's mainly because, uh, as you know, Lars, our, our fuel taxes, our state taxes, are relatively low. I think we're next to last of all the fifty states. God bless
15: Mississippi for that.
5: <laughs> and we've managed to keep that uh, in effect because it's been a a rather contentious issue, political issue, here in the state of Mississippi, whether or not to increase the fuel taxes. Um, as as you can imagine, uh, there are some who benefit from an increase in fuel taxes because that money goes directly to our state highway fund, and they they sure. advocate for that. But the taxpayers say, you know, we're taxed enough; we got enough here. Let's let's get our act in order. So it, you know how that works out. It's it's very controversial, but right now uh, I guess we have amongst the lowest uh, average price in the country. Though north of four dollars doesn't feel like a low average price, of course nobody has ever done that uh, in Mississippi and across the country. The Biden administration—we were just talking, as you probably heard, Lars.
15: So what do they do? Go well, with I hat? And, go with hat in hand to Venezuela? It, it, help and, me out and here. And the United Arab Emirates as well—they're trying to open that one up. Yeah. Imagine this: Joe Biden would rather have dictator oil from Venezuela than free people oil from the United States. It's unbelievable. So uh, around these
5: parts, it is thought that uh, it is actually estimated, and I think it's fairly accurate estimates. It comes from the oil and gas industry that we can, we can produce uh, oil out of the Gulf, I think safely. We talked about this yesterday on the show. We have way better technology than we ever have and protocols and procedures in place to guard against any sort of mishap, but we can produce it for $30 a barrel
15: out of the, out of the Gulf yeah. here. Well, and Gerard, think about this. I know that a lot of people say, but what about that underwater, you know, the deep water horizon, the the, the blowout? Yeah. And I, I kept reminding people at the time, we've got four thousand platforms, I think is the current number out in the Gulf. And so if if you apply the standard, if we have four thousand platforms and one has a blowout, and blowouts are relatively rare right. and they're relatively short lived, that one was an exception. It would be like saying every time you have one of those chain reaction collisions on the highway and 10 or 20 people get in an accident and oftentimes sometimes people die that you would say well then we should ban car travel altogether on that basis because it's too dangerous because occasionally there is a catastrophe would you apply that to any other part of your life to trains to planes to automobiles i wouldn't it just seems like
5: that every reaction every approach that comes from the left is one uh, that involves a hammer. It never involves a surgical scalpel, if you will. It's always a hammer. And uh, you look, you know, it's pivoting a little bit here. But if you look at this horrific incident in Buffalo, uh, because of this one idiot, this one deranged, demented, hateful fool yep. that goes in and plays shoot 'em up, uh, all of a sudden everybody on the right is responsible for that including those of us in the talk show business right we're we're the reason he did that it's just a and then let let
15: me let me give you a couple of thoughts on buffalo because joe biden went there to make political hay yesterday do you know where he still has not gone There was a terrible hate crime in Waukesha, Wisconsin. A black man who apparently didn't like white people drove right down the middle of the street and plowed down a bunch of people in a Christmas parade, most of them white. And that was a hate crime. Joe Biden, to this day, has still not visited Waukesha. The second thing to know about the Buffalo murderer, I don't want to call him a shooter. A shooter is a guy like me who goes to the range and shoots paper targets or occasionally goes out and shoots a deer or an elk. But a, a shoot, this is not a shooter. This is a killer. And he ought to be convicted. And he ought to be put to death. But having said that, when you read his whole diatribe, he hated everybody. Yeah. He hated Jews. He hated black people. He didn't like the administration. He didn't like government. I mean, the list of people this guy hated was as long as your arm. At, but Joe and the media want to make it sound like it's pure just black and white. And let me point out, too. There was a shooting in a place called Laguna Woods, California. It was at a church, and I'll admit, I was born in Taiwan because my mom and dad were in the U.S. Navy, and my dad was deployed at that time, and my mom went to join him. She was out of the Navy by then, so I was born in Taiwan. I love that little country. It is a freedom, it is the free China, a freedom-loving country that is amazingly prosperous, and they stand up against the big bully of communist China. The Chai coms would like to destroy Taiwan. So what does this guy do? The guy who's been arrested, he has a right to his day in court, but he's a Chinese immigrant from mainland China who emigrated to the United States, apparently brought his hatred with him and goes to a church full of Taiwanese Presbyterians and murders five people. Now, does Joe Biden mention that hate crime? which was one Chinese person attacking other Chinese people from Taiwan because of his hatred for Taiwan. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't even mention that one. He doesn't mention Waukesha. He doesn't mention many of the other hate crimes that have been committed by other people. Hate crimes come in every color. They come in every gender. They come in every sexual preference. But Joe Biden and the Democrats only wanna talk about the ones that make political hay for them.
5: It's, uh, I don't know if you caught uh, Megan Kelly's podcast uh, Lars we we uh, talked about it yesterday I mean it got her fired if she came out of her seat she got so enraged and what she said was good grief can't we just take a minute to grieve the situation uh, human life was lost it, it was butchered it was destroyed by another human. Can't we just soak that in and, and uh, take a respite and greet? No. Nope. Immediately, we had to go out and politicize it. It, it just, it's and I hate to say it, largely, but it's like, well, the jackpot was hit. It was a white supremacist that went in and murdered black people. Oh, that's the ja- it's like the jackpot. They won the lottery. The only thing that's better is if it had been a white
15: cop. And Gerard, the thing we should be asking, which is not politicizing it, we should be saying the police knew about this guy a year ago. The police took this guy into custody and took him down for a mental health evaluation. He was cleared. New York State has these crazy red flag laws, which I think are a violation of due process and they have a lot of other problems. But did they use the red flag law in this case to say this guy's crazy Did the FBI, which manages, they can tell you chapter and verse on all 700 people who were at the Capitol on January the 6th, who got arrested and charged with crime, some of which they did commit. I'll admit that. But did the FBI monitor this guy because the warning signs were all over his social media and they had the heads up that he'd already been arrested for making threats against his school. So it's like, the FBI manages to miss every time. You can, you know the list of all the things, the FBI, the Pulse nightclub shooting, yeah. all these other situations where the FBI knew what was going on or had reason, good reason, to have taken fair warning. And they should have looked at this guy's social media. And apparently, if they'd been watching it, we now learned this morning that 30 minutes before he began shooting and killing people and live streaming it from a camera on his helmet, He told people, this is what I'm going to go do. So if they'd been watching this character, they would have had 30 minutes of warning, and he'd already been spotted at the store. A security guard walked up to him while he was casing the place within the last couple of months and asked, what are you doing here, and why do you keep walking in and out of the store? How many warnings does law enforcement and specifically the FBI need? Or are they too busy going out and tracking parents who show up at school board meetings and get too loud?
5: It's that and, and developing new new pronoun policies I guess I, it's just, yeah it seems like we're so misguided in the things that we consider to be priority relative to what should be priorities
15: just never make it. I know you're busy. can you hang for another segment Lars Sure I can do that I'm, uh, I'm just hanging here in the studio with my buddy uh, Winston. I remind you Winston is a uh, he's a son of Pontotoc. So, uh, my, my right. big uh, burner, Bernese Mountain Dog, is from Pontotoc, and He's, he's <laughs> glad awesome. to say hi to his friends in Mississippi.
5: <laughs> That's awesome. Lars Larson, host of The Lars Larson Show, is our guest on Middays. We're in the Element Well studios. We'll be right back. So-
7: This show was previously recorded. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. For your Memorial Day, sunny skies, high near 91. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 68. Your Tuesday, mostly sunny, high near 92. Tuesday evening, mostly clear, low around 69. Your Wednesday, mostly sunny, high near 94. And for your Thursday, a slight chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 92. When you choose
4: RotoRooter, you'll get honest estimates and no hassle guarantees so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original RotoRooter 601 353 3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service.
15: Call RotoRooter, that's the name. And a winkle troubles
10: down the drain. RotoRooter.
4: The Braves are home Memorial Day through June 5th against the Montgomery Biscuits at Trustmark Park. Join us for a Memorial Day celebration with fireworks presented by Milwaukee Tool. After a day off Tuesday, we'll have first responders Wednesday, truck works thirsty Thursday. Then on Friday, the first 1,000 fans get a Double A South Championship T-shirt presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. We'll continue our Memorial Day week tribute with Gold Star families being saluted, plus post game fireworks in partnership with the Mississippi VA. Home concludes with Sunday Family Fun Day. For tickets, MississippiBraves.com.
16: It's Alyssa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Two Lincoln County residents are the first to be awarded Mississippi Veterans Honor Medals. Army Air Force Staff Sergeant Cecil Rhodes of Brookhaven and Army Sergeant R.E. Nettles of Bogachita were presented the medals by former Senator Sally Doty.
11: This was uh, one of the last pieces of legislation that I authored and kind of shepherded through the legislative process. Uh, I left the Senate in 2020. Doty told us Rhodes is 101 he didn't really quite know when he got there he didn't have all the details but once he got there he was like oh my goodness this is a, thank you so much and he stood up and gave the most wonderful speech Nettles is 96 does not look 96 and uh, he was there as well he he um he was just uh, a, a joy to know he was in the the Pacific theater
16: Doty thinks those are the only two living World War II vets in Lincoln County
4: This show was previously recorded.
0: Okay, is everybody ready? I'm ready. I'm ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbons on Super Talk, Mississippi.
5: at Well Studios. Today we're broadcasting live from the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum in the heart of Camp Shelby, just south of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Joining us now, Paula Carruth, Gold Star Mother of fallen Marine Casey Casanova, who was the first female Marine killed in action during the the global war on terrorism. Is that right? Correct. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, first of all, uh, we're so sorry uh, for your loss, of course, and uh, we, we uh, owe um, Casey the greatest of gratitude and uh, respect uh, well, for me serving say our country.
19: That y'all have always, Mississippi has always supported and showed Casey much gratitude, and I am so grateful for that. Thank you.
5: Well, I don't know that there can be enough extended, honestly because um, uh, Casey uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice uh, to preserve the freedoms uh, in our country, and, and we are so eternally grateful. But it's a pleasure to have you, uh, Miss Garuth, here on the program. So, so tell us what brought you here and exactly what's going on with respect to the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum.
19: Well, um Tommy Lofton mm-hmm. uh, invited me here today because they were honoring the Gold Star family of right. the uh, Irojima vet. And uh, actually, uh, uh, Tommy has agreed to take my memorabilia of Casey that I have from the last uh, 14 years, and she's going to be a part of the Armed Forces Museum.
5: That is, is awesome.
19: It is. It's a answer prayer. I've been trying to get these artifacts put somewhere for some time now yeah
5: yeah was uh, what possessed
19: Casey to join and sign up become a marine <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, the good Lord I don't know because as a mother you know I I was totally against it I, um, I of course did not believe my girl was not that girl to me she was a little dainty little girly girl and mm-hmm. uh really me and my mother thought they'd call us to come get her from the boot camp <laughs> um and she was bound and determined though and yeah. she did very well at that really she did. yeah mm-hmm.
5: um and so she was was called away um out of the country to serve
19: um yes uh well she actually went into the marine corps she was at southwest community college okay. um and she uh her uh Schooling was in communications, which is what she did for the Marine Corps. Okay. So um, that's how she was introduced to going to the Marine Corps.
5: Went through Camp Pendleton uh, for training?
19: Oh, no, no, no. She went through Paris Island. Okay. Uh, and then she wound up in her uh, station at Camp Pendleton, okay. California. I
5: yes. got you. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and served in Operation Iraqi Freedom. Is yes, that correct? That's correct. And uh, so what was the year? When uh, her
19: 2008 is when she passed, but she was in from 2003 to 2008.
5: Did did the Marine Corps seem to suit her? Did, oh, so you were hesitant Casey at first, it. but once she got in, were, were you? Um,
19: it suited her, not me, ever. <laughs> I mean, my I baby understand. was 2,000 sure. miles away from home, sure. and this is my only child, and she's a girl. Um, uh, I was never happy about Casey being away yeah. from home,
5: ever. Did did she know that? Did she sense oh, that?
19: Oh, she knew it, cause I'm from New Orleans. I speak my mind, so yeah. she knew it. <laughs> <laughs> but Casey was very happy um, in the Marine Corps, and she thrived there, and she did very well there, and she loved it. She, yeah. Casey loved it. She, I believe, Casey would have been a career, okay, Marine, absolutely, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, you know, she went to high school where she boarded. And she was very good with a scheduled life, and the Marine Corps suited that for her. Yeah. Scheduled, she uh, she she thrived there. She thrived. I'm with you.
5: Yeah. Uh, have you been through the museum?
19: I have. It's uh it's awesome. It's incredible. Oh, incredible. Yeah. I mean, it it makes the hair stand up on me. I it's do, so yeah. very incredible. Yes.
5: So Tommy, of course, that you mentioned earlier, and we see him walking down the hall. He's the director here at the Mississippi Art yes. Forces Museum. Does a great job. So. Uh, Do you have a a feel or an idea of what the exhibit honoring Casey is going to look like? Where Um, it's going to be placed? Well, I know
19: that it will be in the Hall of the Heroes. Okay. Uh, And what I will say, um, I'll tell you how this happened. Uh, A man out of Jacksonville, Florida, contacted me about uh, five months ago. He found me out of no more where, Casey, I don't know. um, And he is a Marine and he became a sculptor, he's a Vietnam vet, and he became an artist, he sculpts bust. And what he did is he started sculpting the bust of the Jacksonville fallen marine men. And uh, I don't know, he come across Casey and he went to the Enterprise Journal and they got him in touch with me. Uh, And he said he just had to do this bust of Casey. So he is now creating this bust, Wow. and in the fall, sometimes, I'm not sure when, we will put her artifacts and her memorabilia and the bust in the Armed Forces Museum.
5: That is so awesome. It is. Uh, uh, do you care to, or can you share with us some examples of the artifacts? Of Casey? Yeah, that are well, going to be exhibited. I
19: have... Um, i have her you know her blues and her hat i i have the medal of valor she is a mississippi medal of valor the 18th i am going to also present that to the museum and i have um a shadow box of all of her medals that i will uh give and uh Uh, Several other things is just other little things. I have the letter from, you know, today, uh, the letter from Mm -hmm. the and, um, you know, these things are need to be shared. They uh, they've been sitting in the closet for a while. I mean, you can only leave those things on the walls for so long. Yeah. You know,
5: well, uh, again, uh, a a grateful nation on behalf of a grateful nation. Very much. uh, Thank you. And, uh, and her, in particular, for her service to this great nation. The, the people around here, uh, the members of the Guard, the military, they truly do understand that sacrifice. Is, is, has that been your experience in they talking to them? They do
19: understand it. Um, and when you walk through this museum, the feel of the – it's really living. Yeah. It's not about death. It's yeah, exactly. about life. Exactly. And that is what – I mean, it's just so huge you know so it's a great honor and uh casey of course there's very few women here yeah casey will be one yeah. of only like a couple women in That's this. Right. On- i mean she is the first woman yeah. um that this uh, mr leonard that is he is she is the first woman he has ever sculpted wow so she's the many of a first wow yes
5: well, that's incredible. So uh, you shared with me uh, earlier, uh, Paula, that you're originally from New Orleans, oh, which yeah. folks can probably detect from your, your <laughs> distinct New Orleanian accent. I've
19: lived in Mississippi thirty years, <laughs> and I cannot lose it. Well, okay? <laughs> I will tell
5: you that my father, born and raised in in uh, New Orleans. Um, On St. Peter Street. Right. And uh, moved to Mississippi in 1953 before I was born. He passed away in 1998. He still had it too. He never lost it. (laughs)
18: Right.
19: Well, my mother was uh, that way, but my dad was born and raised in Mississippi. Okay. So, you know, he never had that. But, Uh, you know, my mother uh, is originally from uh, New Orleans as well. Okay.
5: And you live in Macomb now, right?
19: No. I live in Socia.
5: In Socia, okay. Yes, I,
19: I, uh, I recently left Macomb a year ago, okay. and I've, ne- I've been in Socia i'm with you mississippi it's uh which is close to the museum i'm excited about that yeah yes, yeah yes. yeah
5: exactly because yeah. uh, i'm sure you'll want to, oh, to come I and i will
19: and i will bring people believe me
5: that that is awesome uh, everybody really needs to tour this thing oh if they i haven't. agree uh,
19: i i have never been to camp shelby before now i actually did not know that the arms forces museum uh, cater to all of the services, right. which is an incredible thing, yes. and it is. It, everyone needs to come out to this museum. It is incredible. Yeah, I it totally
5: is agree. Incredible. It it's it, uh, so well done, and and I think folks are surprised. They don't expect to find. Uh, the exhibits to be as, so professionally done as they are and so realistic oh, and lifelike it's agree. incredible
19: like i said it lives there it yeah. really does you think you're going into this you know thing that is uh, but it's all about life there yeah. really and what these uh, you know soldiers and marines did you know no doubt. for the great nation
5: and i think uh, folks when they come through are surprised to learn just how connected Mississippi is and just how rich the state's history is with respect to serving in the uh, armed forces.
19: I was very surprised myself. We are very connected in every one yeah. of these wars. Every one of them. Yeah. Yes.
5: Mississippians are patriotic. Uh, they love their country. Mm. And uh, I'm quite sure that Casey did as well.
19: Oh, yes. Let me tell you. Um, I can remember when this first happened, when Casey uh, first uh uh, past and uh, this is what was put on my heart my girl loved the Lord and yeah. she loved her country and that's what her everything was in the glory for that
5: yeah. well we are so grateful for her service and sacrifice, and um, uh, Paula, um, God bless you. Thank God you. God bless her and and wish you all the best. And thank you for sharing her story, and I'm looking so forward to the exhibit here.
19: Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate
5: you. Thank you. Paula Carruth, Gold Star Mother of Marine Casey Casanova. We'll be right back here on Middays. we got more talk and more guests coming up. Stay with us.
4: This show was previously recorded.
10: Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you.
18: This is the midday agri-market report. In this continued efforts to get formula to families in need, the USDA is encouraging state agencies and their infant formula manufacturers to consider seeking temporary flexibility in their infant formula contracts to allow WIC participants to purchase alternate sizes, forms, and brands of infant formula during the current shortage. Say agencies have contracts with one of three manufacturers to provide specific formula to WIC infants who are partially or fully formula fed to maximize access for WIC participants the usda is recommending state agencies rickett mead johnson rmj and gerber to work together to consider temporarily allowing alternate brand formulas responding to infant formula shortage has been and will continue to be a team effort says ag secretary tom vilsack we encourage states and their formula manufacturers to work together to maximize access to infant formula for WIC participants. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Supertalk Mississippi,
11: Agri-News Network. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, pay- payroll. payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com.
9: After a winter storm hits your propane-fueled home, look for the following safety stops. Power lines standing strong. Gas lines and tanks in place and undamaged. Chimneys, flues, and gas pipes, meters, regulators, and vents clear of snow and ice. Clear away ice and snow very carefully. High winds can shift snow and ice, creating hazardous situations by covering equipment. If you notice anything unusual, leave and have the property checked by a qualified service technician before returning. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more.
13: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
4: This show was previously recorded. It's
0: so awesome! Middays with Gerard Gibbett. Come on! Let's
15: get on with the show!
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
14: of your city's lights Stand the heroes waiting for your cries So
13: many times you did not bring song on yourself
20: When that moment finally comes
5: Welcome back everyone help. to Midday Super Talk Mississippi Live from the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum in the heart of Camp Shelby just south of Hattiesburg Mississippi in the Pine Belt and joining us now Chief Warrant Officer Two Hendricks, the Virgin Islands National Guard Band here today. I've been listening to the music, uh Chief Warrant Officer. Glad to have you.
20: Oh, it's my it's definitely our pleasure to be here. Um we're the seventy third Army Band from the United States Virgin Islands and um on behalf of Major General Kojo Noxlin it definitely is our pleasure to be here and I'm glad that you had an opportunity to enjoy the music.
5: Yeah uh, right down the hall here been listening in and uh, as is uh, usually the case with any kind of military band it's always seems to be perfect when they play music and got us kicked off with uh, the national anthem just before we came on the air and and that was awesome as well so uh, what do you think about uh playing taps when you have to honor uh the service members on Memorial Day what well, what what's that like what's that experience like
20: so for me personally i can personally attest to playing taps because my initial MOS i am a 42 Romeo 9 Bravo which is a bugler so um it it is definitely emotional for me yeah Um, It is the last opportunity for me to pay homage to that soldier and their family for their service. So it definitely, every time I do it, it is definitely an emotional process for me.
5: What's What's the history of Taps? Where Where did that tradition start? Where we Where we play Taps uh, to honor a fallen member of the military?
20: I actually don't have that information for you. It's been around as long as I can remember. I know. I know. I'm going to make sure that I get that answer for you today. Um, how long does it take to
5: to master that the way that the buglers do?
20: (laughs) Um, It's a matter of just repetition and training. Um, The thing with taps is it's so emotional. And the magnitude of what it embodies, it, it, it can go really, really well. Or we've had situations where it doesn't go so well. And the reason I could say that it probably happens is because the bugler is enduring for me part of the pain that the family may be feeling as they're playing. I
5: see. So, it, so it, when you're doing that in, in the presence of the family, in particular, it hurts. Yeah, it just channels through. I can see that.
20: Yeah, it, uh, it definitely hurts.
5: Yeah. Uh, how many members are in the band?
20: Um, so my band um, is a total of 26 personnel. Okay. Um, we're currently working on recruiting about three more, which will bring us up about to 29 personnel. Yep. I have two new soldiers that just graduated from the United States Army School of Music yesterday. So they'll be returning home here on ground that I have with me. I have 20 personnel. Okay. Uh,
5: and are there events uh, where the band will be playing throughout the weekend for Memorial Day here?
20: So, no. So, our requirements, um, we actually got here around the 15th okay. of this month. And uh, we did the Hattiesburg Festival on the 21st, which was really, really nice. It's a beautiful park. Yeah. And um, our we brought two groups. We brought our steel ensemble. Okay. Um, which is unique to the military. I think we're one of the only United States Army bands with a steel ensemble, yeah. so I call them Steel Brigade. Yeah. And um, we also have another group named the Calypso soldiers. So to the, in the Caribbean, um, Calypso is basically what embodies us in our music, and uh, we've created a group around that so i brought those two groups to participate in that festival it was really nice and then mother nature had some other plans and she rained on, us I got on you. it <laughs> so does the band travel around like that on a regular basis um so currently based off of i guess what's happening in the world and stuff it kind of dictates how much we're able to travel and stuff like that but the history of the band this band has traveled to so many places um chile Panama, Nicaragua, Africa, yeah. Jamaica, um, there's so many places that this band has been, so we're just glad that we're always able to travel and share our music with everyone.
5: And is It It always seems to me like there's the, uh, kind of a special level of respect that we as Americans feel when we see a, a military band like that perform, and especially the more patriotic tunes. It just, I don't know puts a spring in your step maybe uh gets the uh the hair standing up on your neck a little bit uh just it's it's kind of emotional and it's just it makes you feel good to be an american
20: and and just the fact that you feel that speaks to our purpose our purpose is to bridge the gap between the civilian world and the military world and show people that the military is also human as well yeah so the purpose of army bands is to make you Feel good okay. about the service and what we do and what we bring to the table.
5: Well, mission accomplished <laughs> for, for me personally, and I think I speak for a lot of folks out there that feel the same way. I, I always enjoy the performances and having been to Mardi Gras a lot through my life and seeing military bands perform there and at uh, uh, sporting events and so forth, it's, uh, it's always a treat. It's always special, but we appreciate you coming to Mississippi and bringing the great music here.
20: Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. And anytime you guys get some time, come on down to the United States Virgin Islands. We welcome you with open arms. That's awesome. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, Chief Warrant Officer 2 Hendricks has been our
5: guest with the Virgin Islands National Guard Band. We'll take a break. we got the news coming your way. we got Tommy Lofton, Director of the Armed Forces Museum at 1220. Stay with us.
4: This show was previously recorded.